expectations. To the cloud. All right. Now we're recording on our computers. Not in the cloud. Not in the cloud. cloud. Confirmed not in the cloud. I think I think the most difficult thing I've ever had to do was try to explain the cloud to like my my mother, uh, and that was like <laughs> <laughs> like that took some that took some higher higher level thinking to to make that make sense. Uh, when my mom got an iPhone, which was just like three years ago, um, she wanted like a crash course, and so I started like explaining all the cool things that an iPhone could do, and she's like, "How do you text?" <laughs> Like, fucking shit, mom. <laughs> Get out of here, Sean. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta make sure when you're texting you. That's how, that's how my dad texts. My mom, she's proficient. But my, my dad, mom? he's, he's like something else. Proficient my, my dad is like every, every dad stereotype. You gotta, you gotta get the glasses? Like, give you directions when you don't ask for them. Um, tell you the fastest way to get somewhere, regardless of what you're talking about. The GPS like, oh, I need to go to the grocery store. All right, don't forget to take Highway 20. I'm like, what? Don't, don't, look, don't listen to the GPS. It doesn't know. It doesn't know what it's talking about. <laughs> literally. Literally what my dad says every time. Take a, take a right here. Take a right here. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, that's the complete opposite direction. Trust me, yeah. it's a shortcut. That's, that's quite the cold cold opening there that we've got, fellas. Um, well, well, gentlemen, friends and friends and family of friends and low expectations welcome to our off season episode one uh it's good to be back fellas it's been it's been far too long it's been literally since like early february right yeah yeah we're pushing like we're pushing like a month and a half now we meant to take like a two three week break and that turned into like almost two months where did the off season go where did the time go fellas my goodness Lots, lots has happened. It's good to be back, though. Um, let's uh, let's fire off some introductions. Um, I I'm joined here today. Uh, I am the commish. It is Friday, my dudes. I'm joined as always with my my trusty co-host. Uh, the co-host is with the most is Keith. Yes, we drank beer. Uh, my <laughs> friends and I, the boys and girls. Yes, we drank beer. I liked beer. Still like beer. I was hoping you'd go with that one, so thank you. I didn't. I didn't want to say it. I left the ball in your court, but thank you. The rebrand of Kiefer continues, and we are just painting him as a slightly less degenerate. So it's until degenerate. until Pusha T drops another single, then it's back got to cocaine references. Yeah, that it's back to it's back like to square a, one. You know how like football coaches have the get back guy. You know they got the guy that like gets him, keeps him back when yeah. You know we need that for you, but for Pusha T, like. Need you to like someone goes in and like hides the pusher tea like memes or something like that on your Twitter or on Reddit wherever. wherever. I just want to say I really appreciate that you're saying pusher pusher tea. Yeah, man. That's what we say out here in the Midwest. <laughs> We're back, baby. <laughs> I was gonna make the same joke. I was gonna say the same thing if you didn't say it. <laughs> um, um, I'm a good friend, Pusher Tay. I was I was waiting to see if he'd say it twice, and then he said it the second time. I was like, okay, this is not an accident. He's doing this on purpose. Yeah, he's pushing stuff though, right? He's pushing drugs. You know, he's a pusher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's for sure. He's a pusher. I was referencing him as the like as the profession, the verb, the, the verb yeah. version of him. Yeah, yeah okay. We obviously know he's pushing things. So no, that's uh, fair. That's fair. Or as an adjective. 
you know, I didn't go to school for for English, so I, I couldn't. I tell guess you. push would be a verb, and pusher push would be an adjective, right? Yeah, that's a descriptor. Yeah, I guess. Look yeah, at us, fucking English language experts. Jeez. So you would know. You're, you're probably the closest to knowing these things because you have kids who are in school, like learning phonics and stuff like that. You know. If you see my kid write. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, can you help me with my homework? Ah, I'll go see if Colby's available. (laughs) Oh, and uh, I forgot to introduce, last but not least, uh, our super producer, Philly. Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Love it. I absolutely love it. My God, I missed you guys so much. Hmm. I mean, it's not like we don't still talk like pretty much every day, but I don't know. It's just something about something about recording with you two. It's different. It's different. It, it, it's different when you're sending like memes back and forth. That's like when my mom asked me. She's like, "Oh, how's how's this person doing?" I'm like, "Well, they're sending me memes, so I know they're alive. So that's that that's a that's a positive, right?" Um, but that that's about all I got, mom. And she's oh okay. She doesn't really Sally's get the that. goat. Yeah, Sally's just the goat. I think that's really all Sally is actually looking for is just to know that, you know, the people in your life are still alive. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Sally actually cares. Nah. But, you know. Doesn't remember. Once, uh, once you tell her that, you know, yeah, well, Kiefer's alive. We, you know, he sent me something from Reddit today. Yeah, she doesn't. She, like, doesn't well. she doesn't remember names. She doesn't remember faces. She just, how's that How's that one friend of yours doing? You know, they're doing pretty, pretty how's well. How's that one with the drug problem? <laughs> Not well, Sally. <laughs> Not well. I think she remembers Morgan. I think she's more vividly remembers Morgan than she does. No, she else. absolutely loves Morgan, and Morgan loves Sally. My goodness. I know. I, I haven't met a person off. who doesn't like my mom, so. She's, she's one of a kind. She's something she's special. Go, she's goaded. I mean, Truly. something else to say. For sure. For sure. We should invite her as a podcast guest someday. I feel like she would really enjoy it. She would just enjoy being involved. <laughs> just to be included. Just to be just to feel like a part of the team. I'm just yeah. happy to be here, honey. I'm just gonna sit right here. <laughs> no, no, my mom would definitely drive the conversation. Because <laughs> that's who she no, is. She she commands a room. We're sitting there at dinner and like if, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if she just doesn't like silence or something, but you know, any dead space, she'll fill it. She just likes chit chat, man. She's just she wants to know everything, you know, and uh if she doesn't know, she'll she'll ask the question. So uh, she has she has no shame and she has no fear. Uh, Sally Cronkite, yeah, Sally Cronkite, not afraid to ask those questions. No, heavy hitting, that's for sure. <laughs> but, Give me uh, a hell yeah! Let's talk about let's talk about some sports things that that uh, we're 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 here <clears> to talk about. Um, first and foremost, uh, I don't think we ever got hot takes on on the Super Bowl. Um, Philly's coming iced out in some all white. This is for the visual learners uh, in the in the pod. Um, I said in the chat, I I don't know exactly what I said. I I was going to look it up and and had the exact quote, but something to the effect of Burrow or Jamar Chase breathe in the next two seconds. I'll buy the jersey. Uh, They didn't drop dead, so. so it's it's a safe assumption. We don't. I mean, we don't know for sure that they breathe, but safe oh, assumption. You know, for sure. So, and then, and then, of course, I got Manchester, and so I had to do it. Um, 
And so uh, $20 in DH gate, Jamar Chase went with the all white, looking clean. See. Looking, mm. looking, looking sexual. Looking sexual. You can't see the chase, but you know. The all whites do look oh. good. The, the all whites actually, it's, it's so clean. And so I was like, I was kind of looking for an excuse to get one for, for Joe. I was, I was, when I bought it, I was actually at a Super Bowl party and um, I was like, should I get Joe or should I get, so I had a Joe Burrow orange jersey in my cart. Um, but I, but I also wanted a Jamar and I went with Jamar because I have a Joe Burrow LSU Jersey. Yeah. So I figured that would, uh, I think the white, I think the white goes better with, with most, I mean, like orange is a hard color to match. It's more neutral. Yeah. If you're getting an orange Jersey, you have to like plan out. Yeah. I'm saying that as a Canes fan. So like I, I actively avoid their orange gear. I'm like, it's gotta be green or it's gotta be white or black. Yeah. I was going to say, I know, I, I don't think I've ever seen you. Or very rarely, at least in something orange. So, yeah, it's uh, it's, diff- it's difficult. You know, you got to plan out that fit. What, what? I don't know. I don't know who Manchestered me, but I just want whoever that is to know that probably Joe. Honestly, it's probably Joe. Joe's the one who's who's keeping Manchester. Yeah, well, Joe, suck it. I've got the jersey on. We're, Say what, we're rocking what, with it. What color is technically uh, Miami's green? What is it classified as? Do you know? Kelly. Kelly is it green. Kelly green. It seems dark for a Kelly green. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Oh, maybe maybe it's Hunter then. I know it's a name. It's like it's like a person's name. Maybe it's Hunter Green. Kelly Green's a typically like a, more like a St. Patty's Day Green. The Eagles old school one. Yeah, yeah it's Hunter Hunter Green. Hunter Green. Okay. Forest Green is like what UNC Charlotte is uh, on yeah. the scale of greens. Uh, yeah. Uh, so listen, okay. My uh, I don't necessarily have to go first, but. Um, the the game was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought the Bengals would be as competitive as they were. To be honest with you, I know that everyone came in and said the Rams. And if you look at the Rams roster, like the Rams should have won. Like if if you're the Rams and you don't win that, that's way more on you than it is even on the Bengals. I mean, credit to the Bengals that they win that game. But like if you if you're the Rams and you have that roster, you got to take a deep look at yourself and say, God. This is this is bad. Um, so, but I thought the Bengals were on enough of a run. There's something about you can't. I mean, it's, it, it really reminded me of the Giants, uh, the, the years they beat the Patriots, where they were. Mm. The Bengals were slightly better a team than the regular season than the Giants had been in those years. But the Giants got on a heater in the playoffs and took down the Patriots twice. Uh, yeah. I kind of felt that vibe from the the Bengals. Very Obviously, much, uh, very much 2017 Philadelphia Eagles vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the Eagles. I mean, you know, I think <laughs> are you that uh, Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Nick Foles, but uh, but Big Dick Nick, you know, he, he got it done. Big Dick Joe, you know, mm, one's got a Super Bowl. <clears throat> yeah, Big Dick Joe and, doesn't have a Super Bowl, so and Super Bowl uh, MVP. <laughs> but what my my biggest and this is not a uh, hot taker. I don't, you know, we're so far out from the Super Bowl that I don't think we can say anything that's really groundbreaking or revolutionary or even things we haven't already said in our in our chat but Mm -hmm. you know to me um it's a shame that the end of the game became such a fucking flag circus Mm -hmm. um you know there was there was no calls on both sides um you know there was some there's some blatant calls that i think cost the Bengals some points in the first half and then there was you know the face mask which i which i think uh in fairness to um uh, who caught that? T. Higgins or Tom Boyd? T. Higgins? Yeah, it was Higgins over Ramsey, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. In fairness to T. Higgins, I think Jalen Ramsey gave up on that play, 
and and kind of set himself up to get the face mask. T. Higgins definitely had to put his hands in the mask, but Jalen Ramsey wasn't really trying to play the ball that that entire. If you watch him, that whole thing, he's kind of playing catch up and then kind of just puts himself in a position to get fouled, in my opinion. <clears throat> but I think that was a makeup call for uh, costing the Bengals points in the first half. So I think the game was pretty fair, um, and I I appreciated the refs kind of letting them play it out. Um, but you know, there's a there's a play at the end of that game where they call um, defensive holding on, I think it was on Cooper Cup in the end zone on that final (laughs) drive. And there's a shot from the back of the end zone. From the back of the end zone, you can see... um, It's the linebacker, right? I think it was the linebacker. Well, there was was that one, which was not a hold. That that was clean. One of the most well-defended balls I've ever seen from any player, um, especially a linebacker. Uh, to to make that play was insane. I thought that was the play of the game. Uh, they call obviously they call the hold on that. Then they or pass interference, whatever they called. The next play they called it again, and I think it was on Cooper Cup again. Um, but the, if it, there's a shot from the back of the end zone, and it shows the cornerback or safety or whoever holding, and it's clear that he's holding. In that same shot, you can see one of the Rams' offensive linemen, like his hands on the back of. Uh, Bengals jersey and on the front of a jersey and he's shoving him into the ground. And it's like if literally in the same shot you can see them holding on the line. And so there was it just became a it, it felt manufactured. I don't I don't necessarily think they were trying to make the Rams win, but I do think they were trying to stretch that out as far as they could. Um it just it just felt too different from the rest of the game to all of a sudden we're gonna call a penalty on everything. I mean literally Higgins almost ripped Jalen Ramsey's uh, helmet off his head and as blatant as can be and then you're going to call like that linebacker I just I just I thought the end of the game kind of ruined it and I I think the Rams deserved to win they played well and they found a way in the second half to um to make the plays on offense when they needed to but also to shut down the the Bengals offense which was cooking at the end of the first half so credit to them uh credit to Matt Stafford for you know, letting some girl break her neck, and uh, and just walking away like there's nothing to nothing to be had there. Well, my favorite part of that is like the Staffords like agreed to pay her medical bills, and you just know it was his wife that was like, "Listen, you got caught on camera ignoring this right. chick. You're gonna pay her bills." For and he was like, sure. "All right, fine, babe, whatever." Well, my, no, my favorite part about that is they go, uh, "He was going to get help." My man was no. not getting help. He picked up his beer. He took a sip of his beer. <laughs> like, oh God, that's that's tough scenes. Um, I think I, I'm not going to talk about the penalties. I think we've probably talked about that enough. Um, I think for me, the, this was like one of the first games that I really wasn't like super invested in either. I wasn't like invested heavily on one side or the other so from like a neutral perspective it was a lot of fun like just being able to watch a game and enjoy it and i'm not like actively rooting against someone i wasn't like uh it it was just fun to be able to like enjoy football and watch it like without any like i I was like i could give two shits on who wins this game um i'm glad i like i I admire cooper cup a lot i think uh he had uh, i mean he stepped up when he needed to especially with obj going down you gotta feel for obj uh going down I mean he scored the touchdown so great but tearing that ACL again in the same knee like that's just yeah. like 
painful. So I mean, no point on he play too. Well, he he tore that ACL, and then I thought Joe Burrow tore his ACL. Yeah. Um, it was a, yeah, it was a yeah. similar play where you know, Burrow got wrapped up <clears> under a lineman, and I thought for yep. sure. And I honestly just thought he went out and played, and I was like, he's he still tore his ACL. He's just gonna play through it because it's the Super yeah, Bowl. It's like, like that Philip Rivers. Joe Burrow is. It's like that Philip Rivers game from whenever it was in the mid two thousands, early two thousands. You remember what I'm talking about? He tore yeah, his ACL, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, but, yeah, it was that. It was the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. They ended up yeah. losing, but yeah, I could have sworn CJ Uzama tore his ACL against the Chiefs, and then two weeks later he's like, "Yeah, I'm suiting up for the game." I was like, "I thought I could have sworn you tore your ACL like two weeks ago." You get carted off the field. I, know, I, I I agree. Like I was obviously pulling for the Bengals um, with the LSU ties and loyalty, but there were some LSU players, Andrew Whitworth, OBJ, on the Rams. It was fun. It was the best Super Bowl that's that we've had in years. Um, I'd also say the best halftime show, but the best Super Bowl in terms of competition. Um, you know, it was close, but it wasn't uh, close because both teams were sucking it up. Um, and it wasn't close because both teams were just airing it out and not playing defense. It was an actual close, good game. Any team could score at any moment, um, but each team could step up. And at the end, if you like football and you didn't get a throbbing erection from watching Aaron Donald just take over. Yeah. on that, that final Bengals drive like there's that one where he he breaks through the line I think it was a um a run it was, it was a it wasn't Samaj P run I don't think I think it was um you think it was Mixon it? I think it was Mixon it might have been P run but he gets he breaks through the line and then circles back around and grabs him from behind and pulls him backwards from getting the first down and it was just like it, it was it was oh, P run because because that was the yeah, it yeah. was Piran because everyone's like, "Why the hell wasn't Joe Mixon out there?" You right, know, yeah. why, why, is it, why is it your best player, your, one of your best players on offense, out there? Piran was the, oh, and then on the next play, Piran like didn't make the didn't make the catch. I mean, to be fair, you know, Joe Burrow's getting sacked and threw kind of a duck of a ball, but yeah, honestly, I my yeah, I mean that that play was pretty wild because he was getting sacked and still actually threw a catchable ball. It was like, wow. Right. Um, like right. my God, you think like the Joe Burr legends are are already enough? Like, mm-hmm. imagine if, if, he that, completes... if that had been completed. Yeah, yeah imagine if he completes that pass and they go on to like you know kick a field goal and win the game or some shit. Yeah. Um, I will say the only other thing I'll add. I, it, it was uh, kind of poetic justice watching Eli Apple get you know thrown on the entire last drive. Uh, and then you, to get Eli the... Apple was just hilarious because. For for no reason at all, Eli Apple decided to come for the whole city of New Orleans. And the whole city of New Orleans came for him. Yeah, and they were like, uh, listen, we're better at this than you are. You sucked, and uh, we're going we're gonna to absolutely roast you. And he had, like, Saints players roasting him. Like, see, Chauncey uh, Gardner-Johnson, like, just came and started absolutely tearing him up. And so he had, like, the entire Saints organization – flaming him he had the entire new york giants organization flaming him and then he had like he had like three fan bases the 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 rams the giants and the saints all just wrecking him and it was just like it was like you just did this to yourself for some unknown reason you put you let off a stray on vignettes and fucking cafe du monde like what's your problem bro what's your problem (laughs) listen everyone knows new orleans smells that's not a it's not a new thing. Like, yeah, right. That, that's why you go to New Orleans. No one's like, yeah, I'm going to go to smell the roses. Like, no, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, 
it was poetic justice. I um, I was really surprised by how bad Jalen Ramsey was. Um, like the, he obviously is gonna have that sixty-five yarder against them, and he got the face mask, and you can argue either way on that. But really, the, the whole rest of the game, he was garbage. Like just, um, he was getting burned constantly. That there's that you know infamous uh, you know screenshot now of Jamar Chase burning him on the last play. So like if Joe had time, you know, Jalen Ramsey's like on his knees watching Chase run down the field. Uh, I just, I thought, you know, he talked a lot of game and a lot of shit about being the best player in the world and, um, or the best cornerback in the world. And I think he got exposed by the Bengals. So. I think, um, I think my big takeaway from this really has less to do with the game at all. It was more so, just the matchup and kind of, you know, in the last couple of weeks I've had to kind of like process the matchup. I'm with Sam. I wasn't like really too invested. Like, um, Philly, you're a good friend. So I was like, Oh, you know, if Joe Burrow wins, Philly's going to have a boner. Like, that'll be great. Um, Thanks I was for like, oh. I like Matt, Matt Stafford put up with like 12 years of hell in Detroit. <laughs> like my man deserves to get something, you know, he's finally on a competent team. He deserves something. But I, at the end of the day, I was just kind of like, ah, whatever. For me, this matchup, and this might be a bit of a hot take, maybe something that really hasn't been said um, throughout our discourse and what I really haven't seen really in the sports media about this matchup, it really felt to me like two teams that probably won't be back. And it's interesting to say because um, obviously Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are not going anywhere, Um, but the reality is for the Bengals, they had like a perfect storm to kind of get to the Super Bowl in the first place, right? Like, just to win the division. um, You know, Lamar Jackson didn't play, like, the last five weeks of the season. I don't think anybody questions that if Lamar Jackson is playing for the Ravens those last four or five weeks of the season, RIP to my my fantasy team for that. But they probably don't win the division. You know, they bumped the Steelers out of that last playoff spot. They were in the playoffs. um, You know, that coupled with... Um, you know, the Jags absolutely spoiling the Colts, you know, who, you know, the Colts probably should have been in there. So I don't know. It it felt like a perfect storm for the Bengals. And you made the comparison to those Giants teams. I think the difference is they're polar opposites, right? Those Giants teams were incredible because of their defense, whereas this Bengals team is, is incredible because of their offense. And so, you know, I just remember like reflecting back on those Giants teams, it was less surprising to me that the Giants got there than it was to me that the Bengals got here so, because of the defense. Let me let me uh, let me pause you real quick, Keith. Would a good comparison in your in your perspective be like comparing the the Bengals to almost like the what was it, the twenty fifteen Jaguars? Just I was I was I, I was looking back at previous Super Bowl matchups, and I compare it more to the Falcons, the Falcons that blew the lead in the Super Bowl. And they they obviously haven't been back since, but they just they captured lightning in a bottle that year. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a perfect storm of matchups, and I mean they were what 16, 17 game minutes away from winning a Super Bowl before they had that collapse. So yeah, but so I, I think the Falcons don't go back honestly because they lost. Like and that I, I hear what you're saying. I think the Bengals. I, I do agree that the Bengals was a perfect storm, and. And I don't think that any, I mean, no, clearly nobody thought they were going to be here this year, but I, I just, as somebody who's pretty familiar with Joe Burrow, I know what he can do to put a team on his back. Uh, there was a lot of times in LSU's 
undefeated run where we our defense was playing like absolute hot garbage and a lot of times the defense was looking like I know we're, I know LSU is known for their defense, but Joe, we need you to bail us out here. I think he has that ability. I don't think necessarily that they're going to be a perennial powerhouse that's going to, you know, I think you're most likely going to see the Bills and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game for the next couple of years. That's, and the Bengals may sprinkle in, but I don't think, um, I don't, I think Joe Burrow probably plays a long time in the league as long as he stays healthy. And I don't think that we're going to see uh, Joe Burrow in the league for 20 years. Uh, assuming he says the Bengals and not see the Bengals back. Uh, I don't, again, don't know that's an every year thing. And they certainly have some, you know, some work to do, but particularly their offensive line, their defense played much better than people still want to give them credit for. I mean, they shut down. They got what they needed in the playoffs. I'll say, I'll tell you that. I'll say that much for sure. They definitely got what they needed in the playoffs. And for as much as we like flamed Eli Apple, he actually was playing decent up until the AFC title game and Super Bowl well, up until he started roasting people. That yeah, was, uh, yeah, up until he decided to take some the take some sprays yeah. at the city of New Orleans, but um but yeah, I mean like like who knows, who knows. It just it kind of felt it felt to me like we may or may not see the Bengals and it wouldn't surprise me at all if we don't see the Bengals. There I should say Joe Burrow's iteration of the Bengals back um, and I, I hope I hope I'm wrong for Joe Burrow's sake. Like he's a he's a special talent, and I mean I've been following him. I started following Joe Burrow after the Miami game. I was like, and you know I look back now. I'm like, how did Miami hold him to 140 yards of passing? I'm like, how the hell does that happen? And this guy turns out to go for like 6,000 yards the next year, and now he's you know a stud NFL quarterback. But also like with the with the Rams too. I don't I don't feel like the Rams are going to be here long term either. Obviously, yeah. they have a roster that simply isn't sustainable. Like, yeah. you're going to have to pay Cooper Cup. You're going to have to pay Matt Stafford. Um, Aaron Donald, he's already getting paid, but you're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to pay Jalen Ramsey. It's like you just have a roster that was just like the perfect storm of, hey, we got a bunch of guys who want to chase rings. Great. It'll work. It, it, you got your one ring out of it. I don't feel like we're going to see them back either. And I feel like they had a couple brushes in the playoffs where it's like, I mean, the the Bucks nearly took them out. And I, me personally, I'm obviously biased, but if Chris Godwin plays that game, that's not close. Like yeah. it, that, I, I, in my opinion, the Bucks. I don't think they're down that much to begin with if Chris Godwin is in that game. Um, but I think the Bucks complete the comeback if Chris Godwin is there too. They just it was it was the Mike Evans show and. You know, it's not difficult for Jalen Ramsey to guard a Mike Evans, but it is difficult for the rest of the team to guard Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Sure. It feels like the messaging out of L.A. is we're going to run it back one more time. Aaron Donald's already talking about retiring after this game anyways. They're going to give it a try. Yeah. I think they're going to go for it, and I think it's probably going to look a lot like the Bucks this year, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the fatigue of a Super Bowl run really sets in, and honestly, that's really what – um, held the Bucks back this year. They were decimated by injuries in the on the defense, and then when they finally got healthy on defense, they had a string of you know, just bad luck and injuries on offense. And it'll probably look something similar. And then you know the roster, you know the salary cap is just gonna the salary cap monster is undefeated, mm-hmm. and it's just gonna pick apart that roster little by little. But well, it, it'll be interesting to see these two teams moving forward. Um, like I said, I I just I don't I don't know if we'll. I don't know that we'll see either of these two teams back in the Super Bowl in the next five years. 
Yeah, and it's obviously hard to get Super Bowl this year. So yeah, I was going to say, moving forward, I think is a good segue into talking about some of our, our other topics that we have or we wanted to discuss tonight. Um, Keith, I'll kind of defer to you on which one you want to dive into next. I don't know, man. What do we? What 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 did we? What did we line up here? I was gonna say the tr- the, the transition for me is who else is not going to be in the Super Bowl in the future is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, so I mean, maybe we just jump into some of the trades and signings and and yeah. what, what free agency could look well, like this year because I'm gonna, I'm I mean, gonna, obviously we've got a couple blockbusters. Yeah, yeah that's if what we, I'm thinking. If we talk Sam, about Aaron Rodgers, I think we should. I just highlighted something in our document that I think we should probably just dive right into get it out of the way uh, yeah, yeah yeah well listen like i mean i want to i read i read your note there and i was like is he really that is he really going to be that upset first of all where the this this segment is yet another roast of joe uh, <laughs> but it's more the fact that we can't do a pile without a roast of joe you know it's like yeah, right it's like our that thing you know yeah right it's kind of like you know an episode without without a quarrel in it like i, th- I right. think i think like I think the, I mean, like, yes, we're going to roast him, but at the end of the day, it worked out for him. Right? Like, I think it worked out regardless. That, that's what I was going to say. Like, we're, we're going to roast him here, and but, I, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's yeah, okay think knowing that his consolation prize is another Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah, he's, he's not upset. Um, but if we recorded and released this podcast between like 11 a.m. and like 2 p.m., it'd have been perfect. Oh, yeah. That was the pit of well. Think about it. We were going to record on Tuesday. Had we done it on Tuesday, we might have been able to get these licks in. You know, yeah. but, but we had to, we had to can, push back. So I'm almost fairly certain that Joe's lock screen for like three months was that photoshopped image of Aaron Rodgers and yep, Devontae in, in the Broncos orange. Yeah, so probably. I think that was his phone background. I'm not certain. Uh, I'm just gonna like, you know, I'm gonna lob it up there. Maybe it hits, maybe it doesn't. He might. He's probably going to deny it either way. Um, yeah, Joe, confirm in the chat for us. Don't lie. <laughs> I feel. I feel. I feel like he'll be honest about it. I feel like. I feel like. Yes, you're right. It probably was his background, and I also feel like Joe will be honest once he listens. Yeah, I'm still going to send it. But yeah, I think um, you know. Obviously, uh, free agency hasn't officially started yet, but we have some pretty big franchise tagging, some pretty big signings, and obviously. Um, the three big, uh, the three or two big trades, I should say. Um, you know, the quarterbacks are the talk of quarterbacks are the talk of the off season right now, and so you've got the Russell Wilson trade to Denver, which is um, a lot of people are roasting the Seahawks. I, I think it's actually a, a good trade on both sides. Um, the Seahawks get a slew of players and a slew of picks. The, the problem with dealing a superstar player for future assets like what the Seahawks did is you don't really find out you know if the Seahawks or really whoever received any trade in American sports you don't really find out who's the winner of the trade until like a few years down the road and you see what that team does with those picks so I think as far as value is concerned I think Seahawks got good value obviously the Broncos win the trade because you get an all-pro caliber quarterback who's ready to come in and play um, but I mean, I, I liken this to like the Anthony Davis to the Lakers trade. It's like, yeah, of course, sh- short term, the Lakers absolutely win the trade. They get the best player out of the deal. And of course, they flip that into a championship the next year. But, you know, the Pelicans still have picks that belong to the Lakers for like the next four years. So it's like, you know, if they're able to turn that into something nice, then it's like, well, okay, maybe it's a wash. But short term, Zion out of Cafe Du Monde for like at least 
15 minutes a game. Apparently, he's been spending all his time in Portland. He's been spending all his time in Oregon lately. He's back. I don't, he's I don't back. know if he's at the Nike facility or what he's doing. He's back in New Orleans. That's, uh, he's back in New Orleans. Okay. It's confirming but, news. Yeah. The other trade, the other trade, obviously Carson Wentz to the Commanders. Um, the the Colts fleeced the like the Eagles fleeced the Colts. We know this, but the yeah. Colts fleeced the the Commanders for this. I mean, yeah. and they got him to take, and they got the Commanders to take all twenty eight million dollars of his salary. Like yeah. that's that. I think that part for me blows my mind the most. You get you get a quarterback who's worth about a bag of chips and a diet coke. And you, you you give them like what was it? It was like I think it was a second round, a third round, and uh like I mean, it was like a sixth rounder, right? Fifth round pick. And they take on his entire salary. Like that's insane. I see here's here's my thing with that trade. Um we we love roasting Carson Wentz, especially you as you know, an Eagles fan. Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz had an objectively good season this year. Mm-hmm. He had an objectively bad final game of the season that cost the Colts a playoff spot. Two games. Um, well, really, I'm, I'm, I'm only going to the Jaguar, Jacksonville game because that's the one that kept him out of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but he had an objectively good season. He had a 4-1 to touchdown to interception ratio. The only other player that had anything near that is Aaron Rodgers, um, who's the NFL MVP this year. So well, he had an objectively good season. He crumbled when the Colts needed him to, to step up most. Or when the Colts didn't even need him to step up, they just needed him to not suck that much ass. They just needed to not win or not lose either of their last two games, and they lost both. And, yeah. You know, so my, thing, my thing for the Colts here is that, yes, they won the trade because they they get a bunch of picks for Carson Wentz when she's probably maybe worth one or two picks, and they ended up getting, what, three or four for him? Well, they swapped a bunch of picks too, so I mean, yeah. there's that. But I th- like I think the biggest the biggest thing is the twenty eight million dollars off of yeah. The, the, that, they have that's why I'm saying they win this trade, but is because they offload their salaries. Seventy million dollars in cap space that they can play with now. There's talks of them trading for Derek Carr. Talks of them, you know, going out and mm-hmm. trading for Jimmy G. So they. Like, if you're going to trade for Derek Carr or Jimmy G, to be honest, you just keep Carson Wentz, in my, in my opinion. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's what I was about to get to here is my, my concern for the Colts is you make this deal. Yeah, like, why didn't you why didn't you push for a deal with Seattle? Like, you knew Seattle was shopping. They probably reached out. So why didn't you do whatever it took? Because now you give up a quarterback, and now you're going to, at best, Derek Carr's a lateral move. Jimmy G is definitely a step down. But either way, let's let's say you don't get either of those. What's your plan at quarterback? You don't have a pick, and you don't have a good enough pick in the first round to get a Malik Willis, who, in my opinion, there's a steep drop off in talent between Malik and the second best. They don't they don't have a first round pick. That's the problem. Oh yeah. So okay. So you're you're even worse off. Like yeah. Yeah. Even, even if you just get Taylor Henneke in in a swap for that, like you're still in a bad spot. But at least you have a starter. What are you going with now, Sam Ellinger? Like the congrats, Colts, dude. And and this trade remind me a lot of the Vikings. And here's why. One, um, I just I just looked it up because I um I'm a, I'm a truther. Kirk Cousins had a four point seven one touchdown to interception ratio. Thirty three touchdowns, seven picks. Mm-hmm. So an objectively good year and like over four thousand yeah. yards passing. And he's he's been a four thousand yard passer for like six years in a row now. Yeah, like he's been uh, he gets a lot of crap. He gets a lot of crap, but statistically, he's a good quarterback. Well, he gets, I mean, he gets blamed when the defense, uh, you know, when he's got a 14 point lead and the defense gives up a bunch of points. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, Kirk can't score when they need him to score. It's like, okay, well, the defense couldn't hold 
<laughs> they couldn't stop the other team from scoring you know 14 consecutive points so the the teams though are similar to me and and the fan bases and the reaction to it is similar to me so as a um i'm not a you know you guys probably surprised to hear this but i'm not really like a hot-headed guy when it comes to this and i don't like typically mm. go down this like dark rabbit hole i've got a buddy that texts me all the time about a viking stuff he's a vikings fan and it's always like like it's always doom and gloom it's always like this is the worst thing we're gonna be for like i hate watching this team and i'm like dude we're gonna win some we're gonna lose some the vikings are uh three plays three plays so the whole season away from being probably a four or five seed in the nfc we lost the first five or six games by like a combined 21 points like some of them were less than two or three points a game so you know including an overtime loss to the Bengals. Uh, the next was so that's a three point loss where um I think we lost by two points the next week, three points the week after that. Uh so like you know we're two or three plays away from being a playoff team and maybe still having the same regime, Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman. The talk now is we gotta trade Kirk Cousins and we gotta go into full rebuild. Why? We have yeah, a playoff you, roster. Yeah, you've got Dalvin Cook, you've got Adam Thielen, you've got Justin Jefferson and now you have arguably the best slot receiver in the league in KJ Osborne. And if they can get, right. if they and can then, get and then on defense, back, unhealthy on at the tight end spot. Yeah, we had we had um, yeah we have Irv Smith coming back. That's just on offense. And then on defense, we had Daniel Hunter, who's our best pass rusher, out for the whole season. We were decimated by injuries all season. Like we have a playoff team in the same way that the Colts have a playoff team, right? The Colts are literally one bad game away from being in the playoffs, and maybe they make a run. Their defense isn't terrible. They've got the best running back in the league. Um, you know, they don't have the best quarterback, but they've got a quarterback that's playing well and a group of up-and-coming receivers. I don't think, you know, the star power is the same as, like, a Justin Jefferson. But Michael Pittman's good. Uh, you know, yeah, it's think, like... I think you put some better these receivers. Teams are like, yeah, you put some better receivers in Indianapolis, they, they could become a... You know, Indy, like, Indy fans are offense. so quick to, like, get rid of Carson Wentz, and Commanders fans are like, yeah. oh, we have Carson Wentz. And they... The, the money piece of it is difficult, but... I think you know we're talking about if people are talking about trading Kirk Cousins for us, why would we trade Kirk Cousins? Who are we going to get that's better? We don't have a high pick in the draft, right? And, and we're that, not going to get a high pick in the draft for Kirk Cousins. So to your point, we're not going to get a quarterback this year. I I don't know if Kellen Mond's the future. We drafted him last year. Um, why why would we get rid of Kirk? I know he's ahead to the salary cap, but let him come in. Let him get a uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell to come in who just took the Rams offense to the Super Bowl, let him come in and work his magic. I don't know. Yeah, and, that, and that's my thing about the Colts is they. I, it doesn't appear that they have a plan at quarterback. You've got no first-round pick, and even if you did, you're going to be a middle-to-late you know, pick. You're not going to get uh, a potential franchise um, franchise guy at quarterback position. Not this year. And now, you know, your, your absolute best-case scenario is Derek Carr. And that's assuming he's even available. The Raiders probably aren't going to be dying to get rid of him and be non-competitive in what is now appearing to be the toughest division in football. So, you know, I don't, I don't believe the Raiders are even going to be interested in shopping Derek Carr. So, you know, for the Colts, it's like, yeah, you won this trade, you freed up a bunch of cap space, but what's your plan? Like, you know, there aren't there aren't free agent quarterbacks out there right now that are franchise changing guys. So I don't know. If this, you have young talent, talent, like you've got a Jonathan Taylor who's two or three years into the league, a Michael Pittman's a couple years into the league. 
even your defense, like Darius Leonard and some of those guys, you've got youth. You can't yeah. squander that. Yeah, you can't squander that youth. You've got one of the uh, five or six best offensive lines in football, right. um, anchored by probably the best guard in football with Quentin Nelson. You pointed out um, Jonathan Taylor's probably the best running back in the league. Um, he was certainly the best running back in the league this season. Sure. So I'll give I'll give him that crown. Um, I'll I'll ride the recency bias. And you've got a really good defense. Like I, I mean, sure. I, I just I just don't know if you're the Colts that you're gonna you're gonna find better. Uh, I think they they'll probably I mean they could look at free agents. There's a there's a handful that could probably tide them over for a year or two. Um, I mean, Jameis Winston wasn't having a bad year to start with the Saints until like towards ACL. He's an option. I mean, as far as free agents go, it's Jameis and Teddy Bridgewater. Those are your Teddy, options. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is an option as well. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. were. Uh, I know like, everything I've heard so far is still a, a, a downgrade from Carson Wentz. I think sure. the I think the, the a decided is, downgrade, not like it's like oh marginal, like a decided downgrade. I think I think the Carson Wentz argument, and I think. Yes, his football abilities are obviously different than those, but I think the big thing that I've kept reading about is like his impact on the locker room. Um, I've, I've only read like, and being an Eagles fan, like a lot of these reports didn't come out until after he left the Eagles. But apparently, um, he was not necessarily the best teammate um, in the locker room. Um, whether it was, I mean, this year it was, could be COVID related because uh, that was an issue. Uh, his, his stance is there, but a lot of the things that I've read, it was just like, it was best for the, the team's chemistry that Carson wasn't a part of it. And so, um, I don't know, take that with a grain of salt, but that's been all the beat reporters in Indianapolis. That's what they've been saying. The Eagles um, and the, and the Colts clearly never watched draft day. You got to see if they show up to the kid's birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> no one shows up to his birthday party. So don't draft him. Like I said, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, take it with a grain of salt, but, um, it might have been for the best to, to give him a fresh start too and i mean granted he just had a fresh start but uh who knows like i said i mean chris ballard's a heck of a gm so you have to think he has somewhat of a plan and trust trust that plan and i mean i know jim yeah, Rizzi does so yeah i think uh so to find out just the, the the obviously the last quarterback that I want to touch on really quickly um and then we can kind of transition into kind of what free agency might look like um, obviously, the big the big splash, uh, Aaron Rodgers, signing the the largest contract in NFL history, proving once and for all that it was never about the Packers' ability to put a contender around him. It was always about the money. Always, yeah. he just wanted to be the highest paid guy in the league. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to hear. I mean, I'm definitely interested to hear Philly's thoughts as a division rival fan. But I, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. And I have just, I, I I'm. I'm just so glad he's not he's not a buck because there was a lot of rumors initially that you know the bucks might try to go after him and I think I said it in the group chat I was like I just don't want to have to root for this guy. Yeah. Um and, um, and now after all of this I'm just like I'm so supremely happy he's not a buck and I can still go about hating him as I have. I can I can start on this one and I don't I don't necessarily want to spend I'm not going to try and take take up too much time talking about Aaron Rodgers because I'm sure everyone has read every take that's out there and you know heard heard everything there is to it. Um, we just spent like 25 minutes talking about the Super Bowl, so you can do whatever I'm, you want to do. I'm going to take I'm going to take I'm going to try to limit myself to like three minutes. Um, so I'm interested to see what the terms of the contract are because Aaron Rodgers is 
he refuted that it was a $200 million contract. So that's, that's the first point for me. I want to see the, the details of the contract are the last two years voidable, what the, what the cap hits going to be on an annual basis to see if it's like actually team friendly. Uh, but the second piece that I'll, I'll say on this is I was reading another article. I think it was Greg Jennings or something like that from, he'd come out, I guess when he was up for a contract renewal or something like that, Aaron Rodgers was like, Hey, like you need to take like a team friendly deal to make, you know, cause like we're trying to put together a good team for making Super Bowl runs and was just like, she convinced trying to convince him to take a smaller contract because of like being a team player. Right. And then he just goes and, you know, <laughs> kind of does the exact thing that he was saying not to be right. Um, so, I mean, good for Aaron Rodgers getting his bag, but, um, I don't think this this contract will do uh, the Packers any favors in the long run, especially that they just kind of proves that Jordan Love was a waste of a first round pick. Then that's that's pretty much that's kind of where I land on that. Yeah, uh, it's funny you mentioned Jordan Love. I was going to mention that in the last um, bit is that if you can get Jordan Love, you know, for a a mid pick, mid round pick, third, fourth round pick. I don't know if you could, considering it was a first round last year. With Rodgers signing on for four more years, the Packers may be willing to. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to want to keep Jordan Love on for for five years. Um, well, they can't. His rookie deal is like four years, so he's got three more. Well, well right. And are, are they going to keep him? I mean, on a rookie deal is cheaper, right? But they also could probably sign some wily veteran, um, you know, as a backup to to Aaron Rodgers, assuming you know he, they don't think he's going to miss much time. And then you. If you're the Packers, do you get a little bit more draft capital back, um, and you know maybe go for a a deeper pick in the draft, or or use that to get you know a pick next year in the draft where maybe it's a little bit more quarterback heavy, and then if you're the Colts, you already to your point, you're gonna probably overpay for a Jameis or some of these other free agents. You know, do you just go with a, a Jordan Love and and flip the coin? Anyways, I, I love it. I said the thank you God. Uh, uh, soundbite. Um, listen, Aaron Rodgers has won one Super Bowl with the Packers. If, uh, I saw a thing yesterday that said if the if Aaron Rodgers plays out his final this final four years uh, with the Packers, and if he plays, I think one more year, or even if he's finished up those four years, the Packers will have had two starting quarterbacks in thirty four years. Right? They've got two Super Bowls to show for that. So it's one thing we praise their consistency, right? Like, and it's it must be nice to not have to worry about who your quarterback is, but it also must be infuriating to have a Brett Favre and then an Aaron Rodgers back to back, and in 34 years you can only win a Super Bowl twice. Brett Favre only won one, right? Am, am I wrong in that? He went to two, won one. Okay, yeah. So it wasn't two. I can't I have remember. No well, idea. At least with Aaron Rodgers, it's only been one, right? And he's won league MVP three or four times, and he's won one Super Bowl. Yeah. So pay him the 200 million dollars for me. Right, I know that it's fifty million, and Kirk Cousins is a forty-five million dollar cap it. So for five million more dollars, but I like Aaron Rodgers, sure. However, that's just going to hurt the rest of the team, and and building a, a franchise or a, a contender. Uh, I would say a mediocre San Francisco team beat them. Uh, San Francisco got a little bit more credit than I think they deserved um, for the run they went on, but you know. Jimmy Garoppolo came in and, and beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. Yeah, at uh, home. So, yeah. you know, so for me, I love it. He has a 14, I just looked it up, a 14, 10, and 1 record against the Vikings. So, 
a little bit less than 50 percent um but you have to go back and look at some of those wins and see like on either side how close they were i would reckon that like you know and that, that through that time we've not always had kirk cousins we've had a, a lot of quarterbacks in that time yeah so for me as a vikings fan we always played them really well and we played them really well with aaron Rodgers. so i don't i'm not worried about him locking it up if i'm a bears fan i'm petrified um but as a vikings fan i'm cool with it and for me it I think it kind of locks the Packers into this purgatory of, I think they will probably win the division a couple more times. I think they probably win the division next year. They might win the division the year after that. Um, you know, and they, they may make a slight deep playoff run, but I don't think they're going to win a championship uh, with the yeah. current roster. And I think his, his, his uh, salary handicaps them. So uh, I'm happy Especially with it. When they're going to have to, when they're gonna have to pay Devonte Adams after, well, I mean, they franchise right. tagged him this year. Right. But the man's gonna want his bag. So, you know. so a couple couple quick things. Um, first of all, um, Packers went to two Super Bowls with Brett Favre. They beat the uh, beat the Patriots in '97, lost to the uh, Broncos in '98. Um, second, uh, Brett Favre took over as a starting quarterback in 1992. Um, so in 30 years, you've had two quarterbacks, um, two you know surefire Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and that leads to three Super Bowls, two wins, one loss. Um, and and so the end of his contract would be 34 years, right? Yeah, so right. Yeah. So by the end of this, yeah, by the end of this, you're talking about 34 years, two quarterbacks. Um, number three, uh, Aaron Rodgers is one in five in NFC title games. So he's been to six. He's only won the NFC one time. Um, number four. Trade Jordan Love as soon as you can because the more he sits on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers, the more his value plummets. Um, you have to trade him like right now <laughs> if you're if you're the Packers. You just lean heavily into the fact that hey, he was a first round draft pick quality quarterback. If we didn't pick him up, he was probably still going to go in the first round. Um, you know, I think I I genuinely believe that the Packers expected this to be. Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay, and that's why they picked Jordan Love, and it pissed off Aaron Rodgers, and they were like, eh, "Well, you're gonna be, you're not gonna be here anyway, so we'll let this guy learn behind you. Um, we'll go all in on this year and see what happens." For Aaron Rodgers, this is just—I mean, I already said it. It proves once and for all that this was never about building a contender around him, because. Aaron Rodgers had three choices, and he ended up picking the choice that was the most self-serving of all of them. Number one, he could have retired, and he would have retired as you know a four-time MVP, a Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl MVP, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, number two, he could have gone to a contender. He could have gone to an Indianapolis. Indianapolis wouldn't have even had to move Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, and they still could have signed him outright if the rumors of this contract are true. They still could have signed him outright. Um, so you could have gone to Indianapolis. You could have gone to Tennessee. You could have gone to Pittsburgh. You could have gone to Denver. Um, you could have come. You could have come to Tampa. Any one of these teams have equally about equally as good of a roster, and with Aaron Rodgers, you know, are immediately borderline Super Bowl favorites. And option three was you stay in Green Bay. And rather than do the sensible thing when it comes to staying in Green Bay and take a team friendly deal so that your team can you know, field a contender around you, you sign the biggest possible contract that you can. 
And I know the initial reports are that, you know, it's a, it's a lower initial cap hit, but that bill is still going to be due. So now you just owe more on the back end of the contract. And it did allow them the flexibility to franchise tag Devontae Adams. Um, but, like, you don't have any other flexibility. That franchise tag for Devontae Adams is now worth, like, $20 million. I think that's the, the, the wide receiver rate for the franchise tag. So now you've got $70 million, reportedly, $70 million tied to two players. What are you going to do? Like, how do you get better with that kind of cap hit on two players? Um, and so I'm not, I mean, yeah, if I'm a Vikings fan, I'm not worried at all. Like, you know, you may not, you may not win the division here in the next couple of years, but the Packers didn't get any better by bringing Aaron Rodgers back. And they're now in more trouble long-term because you're not, you're probably not going to be able to sign Devonte Adams long-term. So now Aaron Rodgers is going to be by himself more likely than not by himself next year, bitching about the Packers not being able to put together a contender, sure. and he's he's laying in the bed he made. Or so. you pay Tay, and then and the rest of your game suffers. So like, yeah, they're at an impact. Yeah, and then you lose all your defense, or you can't pay Aaron Jones, who's going to be up for a contract soon. So it's like one thing I wanted to, I wanted to talk about. Um, it's somewhat related to this, and somewhat not related. Just related in the fact that Aaron Rodgers won the MVP, right? And to your point, he's won. He's won to five or six NFC championship games, and he's won one, right? That was the stat. Yep. So he's been to one Super Bowl, and he won the one Super Bowl, so he's batting a 1,000 in the Super Bowl. Good for him. Um, the And I don't think it's the only league that does this, but um, the NFL require or requires all the voting. There's 50, I think, 50 writers that can vote or whoever, writers, whoever, vote for the MVP. And it's due at the end of the regular season. I feel like that needs to be extended. Like, we we live in a technological world where the three of us live in different states and are currently talking in real time to each other. There's no reason to think that they can't wait until the week between the Super Bowl and the and the championship games and say, hey, your votes are due at the end of whatever champ- NFC or AFC championship game is last. Like, that Monday morning, your votes are due at 8 a.m. Right, because if you if you do that, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has as many MVPs. Oh no, Tom Brady and, for sure wins the MVP because he nearly mounted an incredible comeback. Like, yeah, yeah no, he doesn't really win MVP if, if the voting takes place later. Yeah, or or you may even have a Cooper Cup. I mean, I know that most likely it's always going to go to a quarterback. That's just kind of the reality of the situation. But it, it's it feels so flat for Aaron Rodgers to have had three weeks off, and he's like, oh, I guess I got to leave Hawaii. I've been on vacation for like five weeks. I guess I got to leave and go to the NFL MVP award. Um, while you've got like a Joe Burrow and a Matt Stafford and a Cooper Cup and an Aaron Donald, you know, getting ready to play, who arguably are more valuable to their team and to the league than Aaron Rodgers has been. Aaron Rodgers had a good season statistically, but, you know, I guess my it's a two part question is one, should it move? You know, should it only be a regular season award or should it encompass? The playoffs, I would argue that if someone's the MVP of the league, the most valuable player in the league, they're a person that's made a deep playoff run, right? Because, like, what does it matter how good you were in the regular season if you don't win the Super Bowl? It doesn't have to be a Super Bowl. I don't think that has to be a Super Bowl contender. To your point, it could have been Tom Brady. Um, but, you know, what does it say when we get to the week, the day before the Super Bowl, the day or two before the Super Bowl, and the guy walking up on stage has been at home for three weeks? Like I, I just feel like 
there's some there's some disconnect there that doesn't really uh honor or is that the right spirit of of who's the most value the most valuable player in the nfl can that person be somebody that only did something good in the regular season I feel like you you start getting into like it's the same it's the same conversation the NBA had for like ten years with LeBron James, where it's like sure there are guys that had better regular seasons, and then you get to the NBA Finals and it's like okay here's this guy that's just always here dominating in every statistical category. It's like okay we all we all know who the best player is, and best and best and most valuable are pretty much synonymous. I mean right. really that I mean that's there's there's really no difference there shouldn't be anyway and so it's like it's that same it's that same discussion i'm i'm all for me personally i believe all league you know all awards should come after the end of the season um for for american sports at least but you know it's not changing I think the thing that I, I I wish we would just stop lying to ourselves and saying that the MVP was anything other than a quarterback award, though. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I don't I think it's I think it's like I think it does it like a travesty or like to like guys like Jonathan Taylor or, you know, Cooper Cup or Derrick Henry when they're having these, Derrick like, Henry last year. Right. They're having these monster years. And then like it's I'm not I don't know if it's disrespectful per se, but like like let's just change the award like let's just make like the best quarterback award like i don't give a shit because like like i i, I think i value the offensive player of the year award more than the mvp because like we know the mvp is going to a quarterback and like, yeah it always it always just like it always just trips me out when the you know offensive player of the year or defensive player of the year aren't the mvps it's like okay so you're you're telling me this guy's the offensive player of the year. He's the best player on the offensive side of the ball that season, and then he's not the most valuable. It was like the year that Chris Johnson, like the year that Chris Johnson cracked two thousand yards. He won offensive player of the year, but who was it? Uh, uh, who was it who won the MVP in 08? I think it was like I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that was his first MVP. Mm, I can tell okay, Aaron Rodgers' stats last year. 4,115 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. Who's Peyton? Kirk Cousins' stats last year. These are basic stats, but 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks. So if you're looking at just those stats, now obviously there's some wins included in that. I didn't include in that, but if, you, if it's a stats thing, quarterbacks throw for 4,200 yards and 30 plus touchdowns and minimal interceptions. There's five or six quarterbacks every year in the league that do that. Kirk Cousins is in the same conversation as stats-wise as Aaron Rodgers in in this regard. When you have a Cooper Cup who, you know, triple crown, uh, probably the best receiving season in history. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and even an, or even an Aaron Donald, who's clearly the best player in defense, one of the best defensive players of all time. You're gonna upset um, Carl. Was, <laughs> he, he's a he's a staunch TJ Watt guy. He, he and I, he and I got into, he and I got into it, uh, uh, arguing Aaron Donald versus TJ Watt. I mean, he's a homer; he's going to stick up for his guy. But I was sure. like, I was like, dude, it's not particularly close. Aaron Donald's the best player, probably the best player in the league. He's definitely the best defender in the league. Kiefer, to to answer your question, uh, it was two thousand nine when Chris Johnson was uh, APL oh, player of the year. Yep. Yeah, and he did not get a single vote for MVP. 
And who was it? Was it Aaron Rodgers? It was Peyton Manning with 39 and a half, Drew yeah. Brees, Phillip Rivers, and Brett Favre. Those are the however many votes, 50 votes or whatever, that, yeah. that got divvied out to uh, for the end. Yeah, like, so you, get, you tell this guy he had the best, you know, best season on the offensive side of the ball. Then you give the MVP to an offensive player. So you it's wanna, like. You want to know how many votes Peyton Manning got for AP Offensive Player of the Year that year? None. One and a half. One and a half, yep. Wow. It's ridiculous. The Cooper Cup got yeah. one vote this year for MVP. Yeah. And that was the guy who told Aaron Rodgers is a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I like that guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm guy. all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> sorry, sorry to derail us there. I just uh, – it just It's all right. It's a it good derailment. Me. Um, I don't have too much time left, um, but I think the – one trade we didn't talk about that happened today, I'd like to talk about it just, just a snippet. Um, another another, uh, another I NFC love, North. I, uh, yeah, I like I like the uh, Camille Khalil Camille Khalil Mac trade to the to the Chargers. That that and it was like a it wasn't like a high price for him either. I think that that defensive line becomes even scarier. Uh, I mean, yeah, Joe yeah. I mean, the man. But, I uh, I really like this deal. The price on what was it like two or three draft picks? Like they a, didn't have to give they didn't have to give up a player. It was like a fifth round pick this year and a sixth round next year, something like that. I mean, it yeah. was high. It was it, it was, it was something really low. It was like pennies on the dollar compared to what the Bears paid for Khalil Mack when they got him from the Raiders back in what like twenty eighteen. Like um, I, I yeah, I mean. If Khalil Mack can return to, you know, just like a fraction of himself, and he's been good, but it's one of those things where it's like um, when you're when you're really good on a bad team. It reminds me, Khalil Mack on the Brown, on the ba- or Bears, excuse me, reminds me a lot of Levante David on the Bucks prior to um, Tom Brady showing up, where he was like consistently, you know, one of the best linebackers in the league, but never got any respect for it because the Bucks just sucked. Um, and that kind of reminds me of like Khalil Mack, but yeah. if you can get if you can get a fraction of Raiders Khalil Mack out of him this next season with Derwin James and Asante Samuel Jr. and that young defense, you've got a really really good defense that can. Well, they um, like, don't they have like Desmond King as well? Like he's coming yeah, back from injury. Good. I think he had a torn ACL or something like that. They, yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have a you're gonna have a really good defense that can finally, you know, that can finally get some stops when they really need it. And on yeah. top of that, you've got, you know, Justin Herbert who's developing into an absolute stud. Um, and you, know, you're, you got Keenan Allen. You've got you just locked Austin. up Mike Williams for another three years. Um, you got Austin Eckler, um, and and even Justin Jackson, his backup is is pretty good. So you've got a really good one-two punch. That and, uh, um, Josh it's, Kelly, it's, it's another running back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Kelly as well. Um, you, you've got you've got a dangerous team in in Los Angeles, not the Rams. You've got a dangerous team in the Chargers. Um, if you can get you know a, a a decent version of the Khalil Mack that was you know a defensive player of the year caliber guy just two three years ago. Um, that that that's a big one. That's one that can really shape um, the AFC because I mean we we acknowledge that it's probably the Bears and Chiefs conference for the foreseeable future, but now you've got a Broncos team that has a good quarterback and weapons on the offensive side of the ball and a good defense. 
Now you've got a Chargers team that is a really good offense, and now, at least on paper, it's going to have probably one of the most disgusting pass rushes in the league. Um, it's interesting. Now, and now the Chiefs have to play that team twice. Um, the Chiefs have to play, you know, those two teams, the Brown are the Broncos and the Chargers four times in the 17 games. And, you know, if you're, if you're two and two in those four matchups, you're, you're doing, you're doing well, but um, yeah, the AFC West just, you know, it, it looks like the conference runs through the AFC West in some capacity. Yeah. I, I like it for the bears too. Uh, they clear up 30 million in cap space. Yeah. Um, they get a couple of picks back. I mean, it's not two first rounders, which is what they gave up, but yeah, it, to me, it, it signals, the Bears needed a rebuild. They didn't. They don't need to keep all these flashy players. Like we talked about with the charge with the Colts, you still got a talented roster. Now you don't have a leader. The Bears don't really have anybody. So for them, it's great. Get rid of the cap space. Well, uh, maybe you can make some moves in free agency. They, have, they still have um, Big Dick Nick. That that is a that is a leader right there. Sorry, that, yeah. man had, that man had the tallest the tallest man made structure in all of Chicago for for a brief time in 2018. But you know what? Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't give him his credit. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's on me. It's on me. <laughs> it'll it'll be interesting to see what the Bears do for Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, they're letting Allen Robinson walk. They look. Um, oh, yeah, they look they, comfortable with that. Who's that kid? Uh, uh, Mooney. Darnell Mooney. Mooney. Yeah, yeah Darnell Mooney. Yeah. They, yeah, they look to be, you know, full speed ahead with him. You're letting Allen Robinson walk. You've got to do something on the offensive line to improve that offensive line. Yeah. Um, this is a really, really deep O-line class in the draft, and there's actually there's already some really big names um, that are going to be hitting free agency on the offensive line. Oh, yeah. um, you know, you have to commit to putting a contender around him, and I have to believe that, you know, moving on from Khalil Mack is – is a move intended to try to give you some flexibility to build around Justin Fields. But if you're not, if you're not going to invest in Justin Fields, then all of it's for nothing. And it's like, right. you know, so I, I want, I want better for Justin Fields. Cause I believe he can, he can be a good quarterback in this league, but you know, if you're not going to do something for he and David Montgomery on that offensive line um, or, you know, invest in the defense and make it, you know, a competitive defense, especially in that division with, you know, two really good, two pretty damn good quarterbacks. It's all for nothing. Um. So I'm I'm coming up on the end of my time, but I have one segment that I I, I don't have on here, but I'd like to add. Um, and hear me out. Um, it's related to the draft, which I think is probably, um, obviously timely. Um, do we think that? So I think last year the only rookie taken in the first round was probably um. Uh, who the heck is Carl's pick? Um, Najee. Najee Harris. Harris, right? Do we think that any rookies this year will go in the first round of our draft? Ooh. Mm. That's, I think that's a good, good, uh, good one to ponder. Mm. Um, I, I don't think so. I really don't. There's not, um, there's not a can't miss running back in this year's draft like Najee was last year. Um, there's not a can't miss wide receiver in this year's draft. Um, so yeah, I don't, and I, I don't think there's any 
I think there's just such a steep drop off. I mean, you're not going to draft a quarterback in the first round of a fantasy draft anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But even still, I don't think there's any quarterback this year who's like a can't miss future franchise guy. Um, and the other side of that is who's going to get picked up by a franchise that can actually put the pieces around him right away. So I, I don't think we see a first rounder in this year's draft um, no. in, the, in our fantasy draft uh, out of the rookie group. I just don't. Yeah. I think there's three players in the first round that um, could be earlier picks. Uh, Chris Olave, Chris Olave from Ohio Ohio State. Um, He's projected, I think, to go to the Chiefs. And I mean, if he gets picked up by the Chiefs, Uh, that's a... The most most recent one, I'm looking at Tankathon right now. They have him projected with the 21st pick to the Patriots. Mm, This was updated seven hours ago. All right. the, the only, the only, the I think I well, I'll, I'll put it this way: I think the highest, I think the highest drafted rookie in our league will probably end up being either Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker. Mm. Um, depending on where they go, those are the two running backs: Brees Hall from Iowa State, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. Um, those are the two that I think are going to be the highest drafted in our league. I would, I would expect, depending on where Drake London. Goes, he could be a pretty high draft pick. Chris Olave is could be a pretty high draft pick as well. Okay. Um, but I, I think I think those two, I think those two are going to be the highest drafted players in our draft this year. Yeah, Garrett Wilson could be another one taken early. James mm-hmm. Williams. I mean, those are. I think I think another one is a Kenny Pickett, right? If he gets if he gets drafted, I'm I'm seeing um, some stuff about like the Steelers. If he, if he goes like the Steelers, you know, then he that's a plug and play starter for the Steelers. Um, and I, don't, got a guy, I, don't see, I don't see any quarterback in this year's draft getting drafted in our fantasy draft. Maybe they end up on a roster, but I don't see anybody wasting a pack, a pick on any one of the quarterbacks in this year's draft. I, I don't I'd know. be surprised. I mean, I'd be surprised. And, and if it is, it's Malik Willis. Somebody will draft Malik Willis because he can use his legs, and that's very valuable in fantasy. Okay, we are severely underestimating Carl. If, if Kenny Pickett gets back to the Steelers, Carl will pick up Kenny Pickett I, without a doubt. He won't draft him. He'll, he'll pick him up. He won't draft him. Carl's I think smart. He'll draft him. I think he will draft him because he's going to think that people are going to draft him. Carl, please chime in on this. Please chime in on this. First of all, I have insider information here. Carl fucking hates Kenny Pickett. He does not sure. want Kenny Pickett on the Steelers. Yeah. So he's not yeah. going the to draft that him. Kenny Pickett gets drafted yeah. by the Steelers, Carl's in. You're mistaking Carl for Gino. Gino is the is the Homer Homer in this fantasy league. I don't know. He, the the Patriots could draft like the Patriots could draft fucking Carl and he would pick up Carl in fantasy. That's you're you're, you're, you're mistaking the two here. You're mistaking the two. Keepers using you as bait right now, Carl, and I just want you to know that we care. I care I about you. I don't think I don't think Gino had a Patriots player on his roster this year. Yeah, he did. Hey, listen, uh, the kicker he comes in. He's did got he? Najee Harris yeah. in the backfield, take pressure off him, and he's got he had Justin a solid. Tucker. He's got a solid tight end. Two kickers. Mm, I don't think he. Yeah. I don't think he drafted. Yeah, he had two kickers. He, he drafted two kickers. He drafted. Well, he you know he drafted uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, and then Rodrigo Blankenship got hurt, and he picked up Nick Folk. He yeah, had Nick Folk on a, his roster. I was gonna say, but like for the, I mean, I still think that's a. But he did it. He's like he. I think Gino says. From when I remember talking with him, he doesn't pick up Patriot players for the most part because of he doesn't. I don't know. I forget what his reason. He had a Patriot player. I'm telling you. But I mean, a kicker's a little different. And he had Hunter Henry. He had Hunter Henry too. Oh yeah, he he picked him up at the end. He had two players. Yeah, two cats. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because his tight end situation was not great. I don't. Th- I don't think. I just don't think Philly's giving Carl enough credit for his his draft. No, what, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, if if you're talking about quarterbacks, you're going to hit a certain point where the drop off is is steep, and if you're trying to, a lot of people in the last season, last season, a lot of people drafted two quarterbacks. I'm not saying he wouldn't draft a second quarterback. I'm saying he wouldn't draft Kenny Pickett. But I'm just saying you don't know what it's going to be, who's going to be left. And I I could see Kenny Pickett getting drafted, first of all. He's going to be a first I could see it being Carl. And to be fair, if depending on who's there, I'm going to look at who he's throwing to. If he's got Pat Fryermuth, he's got Chase Claypool, he's got um, TikTok Boy. No, he's he's a free agent. He might not not be bad. He's gone, but he will have Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. So, like, he's got at least two good receivers and, and a good tight end. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know that he you're, think it's going to be good. So you're saying but if you're, that if you're he's betting the future, out Mason, deformed head, uh... <laughs> smooth brain, <laughs> Mason, smooth brain, Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, only, only if he gets assaulted before the, before the draft. And and he's going to beat out uh, Dwayne Haskins. I don't know. That's some stiff competition. <laughs> With those tiny hands, it's not happening. He's got to beat out Dwayne Haskins. He's, he's, he's got. He's double jointed. That's that's the reason. That's the reason. Just just a oh. small hands, Kenny. We get it. It's all right. I have small hands Joe, too. It's Joe Burrow almost retired last, uh, before the draft because he had he had tiny hands. Said, so unfortunately, I have to retire due to my small hands. I won't be able to grip a football in the NFL. Good. Well, that's yeah. about all the time we got tonight, fellas. This was a good one. Yeah, this pleasure. was uh, more casual. We didn't have to to work too hard. It's good stuff. Surprise drop for the boys. What was that? I missed that. I said a surprise drop for the boys. A surprise drop for the boys, and then I guess a little nugget for them is we're 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 shooting for monthly content rather than you know weekly or biweekly. We're going to shoot for about one episode a month, so. You know, April's the draft. We'll probably do like maybe a pro a post draft episode. Yeah, I don't want to do pre draft. I think post draft will be nice. Yeah, I think post draft will be nice because then we can really have an idea of like who are going to be the impact players. And I would say I would say that unless uh, league the league year ends next week. So depending on how free agency goes, if it's massive and we got some blockbusters, if shit goes crazy, if shit goes crazy. I could be oh, convinced to make it. I could. I could be convinced to take it back. We could, on do, we could do an emergency pod if things pop off. Emergency things. pod. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but next, next scheduled one is going to be in April. Oh shoot! Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, for sure. Damn, you know it's been it's been a month, and I I got to remember our tagline. That's the oh, shit. You got this. I'll I'll, I'll let you sign us off. You can do this, Sam. Yeah, we believe, believe in you. I need to pull up my. I need to pull up the old. I need to no, pull you up. can't cheat. No, you can't. Yeah, you can't do that. I remember. All right, okay. I think I'm good. All right, fellas. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and remember, uh, keep your 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 standards low and your expectations lower. You got it. Oh my god, that was that was awesome. You got I'm it. So proud of you. Um, Peace, fellas. Later, boys. Peace and love. <laughs>